This podcast is a Tucker Media production. For more information, head to tuckermedia.com.au. Hi, I'm Ralph Tucker from Tucker Media. The year 2020 has certainly presented challenges for everyone across the world. In 2020 Revision, I'll chat to a cross-section of the community about their experiences and learnings in this truly unique period of history. From business owners, to professional athletes, to new mums, everyone will share their stories. And to give it an authentic 2020 feel, I've recorded these chats at my kitchen table over Zoom. Greg Rust, welcome to 2020 Revision. It's nice to chat with you again, my friend. We uh, worked together many moons ago at, at, uh, at 2GB when we were both uh, young whippersnappers in media. And one of the first podcasts I ever did uh, was with you when you sort of set out on this venture. So it's nice to kind of check back in again. It's been a long journey for both of us. So you're a sports broadcaster based in New Zealand these days. And I guess most people would kind of recognise you as the longtime face of, of motorsport in, in this country. Take us through your 2020, Rusty. So, uh, I mean, to wind the clock back even a fraction further, Ralph, I had a um, kind of major life change at the end of 2017. My wife is originally from New Zealand, from the east coast of the North Island, a place called Hawke's Bay, which is a little bit like uh, Yarra Valley or Hunter Valley by the sea. It's a lovely, lovely spot. Uh, Lots of vineyards and things in the area. Uh, we'd come here many, many times over, you know, the past 20 years or so to back to see her folks and things like that. And we decided at a point of change in my kind of work life, I was going more freelance rather than being aligned to one sport or one network, that uh, we wanted to have a decent sort of lifestyle change. So our kids were just about to hit high school at this point. So it was either then or after high school. We wouldn't do it to them during high school. Uh, so we made the big move. I, I've done two great stints with supercars, which I loved immensely. Um, I fundamentally freelance now, mainly around motor racing still, which is my passion, as you know. And so in 2018 and 2019, I was on the plane all the time, going backwards and forwards across the ditch. Some stuff here in New Zealand, regular stuff in Australia, where I'm I'm still very much a proud Aussie, uh, but this country has very kindly welcomed me with open arms. So I'm, I'm in a in a great space between the two, if you like. Um, but that's all stopped. I, I was at the Australian Grand Prix uh, in Melbourne on the Friday when COVID really started to take hold. Um, the Grand Prix itself was cancelled. We'd had one day of broadcasting on the Thursday, which is only support activity. The Formula One cars themselves never even hit the track. And uh, the next thing you know, the event had been cancelled which is just unheard of and I came back to New Zealand on the Sunday and I've been here ever since Ralph so two plane flights in that time one was for a birthday trip away with the family to Queenstown Um, so it's it's been a weird feeling mate if I'm honest yeah Um, but you lots of people have probably spoken to you about the way you you shift and and the the term pivot which people have, have talked about immensely but there's been I think there's been some some unusual positives that have come out of this thing. I've had some wonderful time with my teenage daughters that ordinarily I'd be away working and, and you know, that's that's time that I'll um, I'll never get back. So I'm, I'm proud that I've been able to be here for some key things, mate, dance concerts, school socials, you name it. There's been some good positives like that for sure. 
I guess that's what most people are trying to get out of this year, which has been difficult on a number of fronts. It's just trying to recognise those things that if you mentioned there, that they've been able to sort of reconnect in many ways with families. Let's look at the whole New Zealand situation. I mean... (laughs) They were kind of, as a country, on the on the forefront in terms of what looked to be a really strict and, and difficult decision to make to, to lock down early. And as time went on, it proved to be a bit of a, a masterstroke in, in terms of showing the rest of the world how it could be done to control this, this thing that was, you know, out of control and we're still not, you know, out of the woods by any... Um, stretch of the imagination but um, a small population the fact that there are no states involved in New Zealand and Jacinda Ardern kind of looked like a bit of a genius. She did a very good job the the, the entire government and for that matter the country Um, everybody when you went to the shops and you had to observe you know the two meter or one and a half meter distance rules or when they recommended people wear masks and I've not really witnessed any stuff where people have rebelled against that or, or um, by and large, everybody helped and cooperated and did their bit. So you're right, they went for an elimination strategy. It was a good move and aided by the fact that it's an island nation, only 5 million people, probably easier to do than uh, in Australia in, in that sense. Um, it wasn't without its glitches. It, it definitely had some hiccups along the way with a, another lockdown happening for Auckland and it came up a level for the rest of the country, but nothing that really impeded us from leading a normal life. So you're right, we had that that uh, four to five weeks of proper lockdown back in about April. They moved quickly on that. When they got to a number, I think they'd seen other countries around the world and they, they realised that, you know, from a curve point of view, once you got to a certain number that it could explode. So they, they stepped in, moved quickly, a bit of pain in that for everybody from an economic standpoint and, and even just a socialisation standpoint. Um, but it was the right, definitely the right call. And I feel very fortunate. As I said before, I'm a proud Aussie, mate. That'll never change. But I'm very fortunate to be where we are. It, it is normal here. I can... I've, been on plane flights for work in the past week. Um, we can go to a restaurant if we want to. There's no um, – if, if I fly on a plane, they recommend masks and things like that, and they are very strict when it comes to people coming and going from the country and, and quarantining in and around that. You know, within the bounds of our our island bubble, our North and South Island bubble, if you will, it's just normal, mate. Life is normal here. So – Coming back from the Grand Prix, as you mentioned, what were the initial things that you were concerned about or what were the challenges that that you first encountered when it was still all pretty fresh and, and new and there was a lot of fear that was going on and how will we handle it and so forth? It, it hit home for me because a crew member from the McLaren team um, was diagnosed with it. They were then worried about... Uh, other people in the McLaren team or those that had been around the team either for, you know, in a media sense like us, if we had interviewed anybody at McLaren, uh, the tyre technicians that work with them, um, staff from the Grand Prix Corporation, whoever. So they had to move to sort of recommend some people, not everybody, um, isolate. There were members of the team in my hotel that I was I was staying in. So it was quite, uh, it became quite real then. You'd heard stories about, things overseas happening and there'd been a few cases that had crept into Australia, but it really wasn't front of mind. But when you cancel a massive Australian sporting event, I mean, it takes millions and millions of dollars, as you know, Ralph, to stage this thing. I mean, that, that's not an easy decision to make. It was one of the biggest press conferences I've ever been to. It was it was held outside 
um, the back area, the entrance area to the pit lane, if you will, what we call the Formula One paddock. And I don't think I've ever seen as many journos and cameras and microphones in a scrum ever. It was a huge donut, if you will, of, of people. And in the centre were the core uh, people from Formula One management, from um, team representatives to uh, the Australian Grand Prix Corporation, of course. It was not a light or easy decision that they were they were making. So, yeah, it really hit me then. And it was, it was cancelled. It was surreal, mate. And then I still had accommodation. I, I stayed on the accommodation for about 48 hours. Greg Murphy, who's a, a good friend, uh, the four-time Bathurst winner, he and I live not far from each other here in New Zealand. He came home straight away and he rang me and he said, hey, mate, this thing's going to get bad. You better get home. Come home. And um, I cancelled or postponed. I had an interview on the Monday scheduled with uh, Eric Banner for the podcast that I have. I have, a, uh, as you know, made a, an automotive and motor racing based podcast called Rusty's Garage and I was really excited it take a long like taken a long time to piece that together the chance to talk to a, a Hollywood star who's properly into cars and things like that and I had to postpone it which they were very understanding about I mean Eric was basically in Melbourne for this big lockdown uh, and unable to go and work on some movie projects overseas that he'd been you know involved with um, but which we'll get to here in the conversation um, we've figured out a way to do podcasts a bit like you and I are doing now via Zoom and via other methods and there are ways that you can do it to still enhance the the quality of the audio discussion for the listener so it's not impacted and you, you find ways, mate. But, yeah, that, that the Grand Prix was when it really hit me and um, coming home I didn't have to but they recommended – I got home, I got back into New Zealand – uh, six hours prior to a new regulation kicking in about quarantining. So technically I didn't have to. I elected to, though, so I, I kind of – I'm in my office here talking to you, but I stayed in the spare room for basically a fortnight just in case anything went wrong. I didn't have to do that. That was weird being away from the kids or staying, you know, quite a distance from my wife and, and stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, mate, I'd, I'd rather just take those steps and be a little on the safe side. Everyone sort of has their unique tale and that that's certainly one in itself. When you look at it from a, a work point of view, I mean, you mentioned sort of it being a, a challenging period because you're existing in that freelance life, but in, within sort of um, desperation comes inspiration and sort of working out how to make yourself busy and how to create content in a, in a lockdown situation. I guess people were kind of looking for entertainment. So with the podcast that you have and different things that you're able to do, that pivot word and the transition and all of the, these things come into play and it's, it's almost virtually inbuilt in, in most people that you're able to switch and think, how can I make myself productive in this, in this situation? And I think the the drivers in all that are multifaceted. So, you know, first thought is got a family, want to put food on the table, that's normal. Uh, secondly, I, I love the interaction. I, I In the media caps that I wear, I do different things from, you know, commentary and, and uh, presenting and whatever else. But at heart, Ralph, as you know, I, I love conversation, mate. That's the that's the probably the key part of it. And that's why I think the, the podcasting side of it is something that I've really gravitated to. Um, so I wanted to be able to keep doing that, to have have conversations like we're having now. And uh, although I prefer to be face to face, so we could bounce off each other and have a bit more, um, you know, you can see body language and things. I mean, Zoom does help with a lot of that stuff. It makes it um, a bit more 
natural. We're thousands of kilometres apart, and yet ideally it sounds like we're in the you know in the same room the way that we're having this chat now. So they're probably the two the two key um, reasons for doing it. And I just I've for the past twenty years working in the media, I've never not been busy, Ralph. So to, to sit around and have idle time, I, it drives me crazy. I, I can't do that. I have to be occupied. I have to do something. And um, you know, lots of other people have have had it tougher during this period than I've had. I can sit here and say, oh, you know, I've missed out on commentating that or going to this particular racetrack or race meeting or whatever. But mate, that's nothing compared to things that uh, that some folks have been through. And when you look at it like I'm very much the same, is like idle time is like you'd much rather be looking to do something and put your time into it. And I think what's also been recognised is other people have recognised the value in that now, like being able to do things from that. And I guess through the lockdown period with the, the podcast that you mentioned earlier, more people became available because what else were they doing? So I guess exactly. they kind of opened up the door a little bit. You won't be able to do the face-to-face, which sometimes, as you know, can take a while to arrange, whereas a Zoom is just a link sent through and if the person's sitting there doing nothing, if they're not doing what we're all doing during that lockdown period of, you know, a bit of painting here and a bit of house maintenance, they're they're suddenly available to chat. And there was a thirst for that content, as you say. So, you know, we were able to get to... A-list racing drivers, Dario Franchitti, for example, who's won the IndyCar title and the Indy 500 and is known globally. I mean, we spoke to him in Scotland. We've spoken to all sorts of people during that that period, and I've done it all from my little home office, mate. It's crazy to think that you could do that, whereas in the past it would have taken, you know, in a TV sense, you'd you'd have to tee it up, book a time. You might get a tight little little 10-minute window or a 15-minute window. You'd need a cameraman, an audio person, and, and here we are. It's forced us to change the way we do it we've got you know a little simple microphone and headphone set up doing it via zoom and and you can still have a, a cracking conversation and people want to want to be part of that discussion now they want to they want to because they're um in need of that sort of entertainment podcasting in particular you know is it's been around for years obviously but but it's growth in popularity in this part of the world has taken off significantly in recent years. But I reckon if we sat back and looked at this COVID period and looked at the spike again, I reckon it's definitely gone up a notch for sure. People have gone looking for this this style of stuff for sure. And from most business point of views as well, I mean, people here, and it'd be the same in New Zealand, the fact that they were forced into a lockdown, looking at the way that they, they do certain things. I mean, there's a lot of time and effort that goes into certain business practice. There's a lot of I guess, cost associated with renting office space and, and, and the fact that people have proven um, or disproven perhaps the theory that, you know, people would slacken off if they were left to their own devices at, at home. While working from home is not a, exactly a new thing, I think there'd probably be a few old school business types that uh, were surprised by how things have developed and how much money they actually save by people not being in the office but yet still being productive. And ways they've been able to find new avenues for, for business as well. So, you know, older people that may not have um, wanted to or, or had the wherewithal to go and do internet shopping before were suddenly forced to do that stuff. So that, you know, that's now, I think, something that, that will become embedded in the way they go about their daily life. They still might want to go out and enjoy shopping in a bricks and mortar sense, actually visiting a certain shop. But I think they'll regularly do internet shopping now, whereas before, they wouldn't get their groceries delivered to the door like that. Now they now they probably will. I still think there's a few weird hang-ups that we've got to um, over time get used to and we still need COVID to be, 
you know, completely out of our lives before we can do that. But I think people you can see when you walk down the street in the major cities, they're a little bit, you know, they give each other space. They're a little bit nervous just in case. Um, you know, some talk about, not everybody, but some talk about, it feels weird when you go to a restaurant now or you go and do these things that you haven't done for months. You know, it's a joy to go and do that again, to go to the pub and chat with your mates and stuff. But there is a level of hesitation still that we, we've got to get through. So there's there's all sorts of things in this, Ralph, that have changed us significantly. Um, many, many good things. I mean, I, I commentated my first online racing ever um, during the, the lockdown period, which is wild to think that I'm, I'm commentating on, you know, um, online-based motorsport, which I've never done before, and I was doing it all from my, you know, from my kitchen effectively at home. You know, it's, it's um, yeah, I, I think there's, from a working from home point of view, um, there's a lot more people that I think will continue to do that and, and even still are now. They might be the, you know, other parts of Australia are, are much better now and, and back open for lots of different things, but many people you talk to are still working from home, aren't they? Yeah, they are, and I think, as you mentioned, it'll take a while to sort of adjust to going back to normal, as it were. But I kind of think that normal as we used to know it won't be normal anymore. And I think that's probably the case of what you're experiencing over there in in New Zealand. I mean, what's the general sort of vibe in the the community as we sort of tick on towards 2021? I I love the fact that here there's a concerted effort to um, uh, travel locally, to spend locally, to, you know, there's that real passionate support of domestic things at the moment. I mean, if you want to, we've got the Christmas holidays coming up only in a, you know, four weeks time or whatever over January, they reckon it's nigh on impossible to get accommodation in some uh, tourist destinations because it, it is, everyone's going, right, okay, let's, let's get out there and, and experience and enjoy our own backyard because we can't go to America skiing or we can't go to Australia and things like that. So that's, that's a, that's definitely a, a great thing. There is a, a sense of normality, as I said before, I mean, I'm, I'm walking around and able to go to restaurants and do those sort of things, but I just, I just think there's a wariness um, that you've talked about a moment ago that's changed us forever where we're a little bit, you know, okay, far out. I don't, I don't want to inadvertently pick up something or that. And we shouldn't necessarily be programmed like that, but it's done that to us, hasn't it? Yeah, I think the focus on on everybody's life from a, a different sort of standpoint has sort of made us, I guess, try to be a little bit more healthier in, in many respects. So if I was to ask you, what are you looking forward to most in 2021? Uh, hopefully getting back to a bit more travel. I, um, I'm very close with uh, my high school buddies that I've known for over 30 years, so I haven't seen them face-to-face in ages, rough. And I turned 50 this year and they had, unbeknownst to me, they had all planned to come and hang out there um, with their wives and kids and all sorts of stuff. And um, so we had a small gathering here because you know, that's all you could really do at the time. But um, I miss my mates. I especially miss my family. I, you would have met some of them back perhaps in the 2GB days. I'm very close to my mum and dad and my brother and sister. So they're in. They're all in Sydney. They're all A-OK. Um, but I just normally in and around work, uh, I would, you know, I'd come into Sydney for a job or whatever and I might get the chance to have a meal with them or stay with them or whatever it might be. And I haven't been able to do that for, for what seems like an eternity now. So to try and get back to a a level of normality to hopefully get to some of the signature things that I, I love. Um, they didn't have the Singapore Grand Prix here uh, this year, and I've been to every one of those, Ralph, except two or three. They've been doing it for 12 years now, and I, I love that event. Same scenario for the Australian Motorcycle Grand Prix and and the Formula One race. Um, and there's various projects that I'm likely to be involved in in a, in a television sense that are being talked about at the moment. So, 
you know, fingers crossed those things can happen. There's lots of great energy around um, these vaccines and uh, the one in particular, I'm no medical guru, mate, but I've followed it um, closely along the way because you because you do in these times. Um, but the one coming out of Oxford University that's attached to AstraZeneca, that sounds you know, like a really good um, uh, scenario or product in the sense of, um, you know, easy to transport, easy to administer and so on. So hopefully we can get uh, some of those things happening and, and get people back to a stage of... of being able to, to do what we want to do. I'm, I'm far from top of the list, I should point out there, mm. either there's much more needy people that should, should rightly get, get that first. But, um, you know, hopefully by some point in 2021, it'll enable us to get that, that rubber stamp and open up borders and go and do things that we've missed uh, out on doing for a while. I know my kids would love to see their grandparents on the other side, for example, too, and go and see some of their old Australian mates. So, yeah, fingers crossed that can happen and, and get back to some more regular motorsport, which I love. Greg Russ, thanks very much for joining us on 2020 Revision. It's been great, Ralph. Nice to catch up. Take care.